We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in. Tuesday edition, Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here today. All podcast on MPW Digital brought to you by Twisted T. More on them in a little while. Lane Kiffin spoke yesterday. Hugh Free spoke yesterday. Everybody's speaking these days. Quinshawn Judkins, that story up on the side of Rebel Grove, as well as uh, what he said, what he meant. Quick hits, some baseball stuff. We'll get to that later. Not important right now. And much more coming up as we talk some Ole Miss Auburn today. Got some football, NFL stuff. Got some Major League Baseball stuff. Got five or six new sports that did the Olympics in 2028. I know we're all really excited oh. about that. And uh, yeah, yeah, plenty to get to here today on the show. Show brought to you every day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Fill up on your way into town, out of town. Beer Cave, 34 degrees, all the alcoholic beverages you could want. They're available at the Blue Sky in Oxford. The lunch specials that are $5.69. And remember, Ole Miss returning back to Vault Hemingway in a couple weeks. They got their uh, catering options for you. A couple pounds of pulled pork, a couple slabs of ribs, vegetables, desserts, side items. So many different things there with the Oxford Exxon to let them help you in any way that you needed. You got plenty of time in the Grove. Vanderbilt's a 6.30 start, so you're all day tailgating there next week. Let the Oxford Exxon help you. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900. 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote. And the rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Guests will join on the Campbell Clinic hotline. The Campbell Clinic is in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow. The Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics. Uh, physical therapy and more to book an appointment go to campbellclinicoxford.com or call 901-759-3111 walk-ins always welcome at the campbell clinic monday through friday 7 30 a.m to 4 p.m 
Uh, we'll have a post-game show on Saturday night. It's brought to you by Dead Soxy. Dead Soxy didn't take the week off. Enjoy 40% off from your favorite sock brand until the start of the Auburn game on Saturday. That's right. Take a break, kick those feet up, and lock in some red and blue socks at an incredible 40% off discount. Visit deadsoxy.com. Use the uh, promo code REBELGROVE for 40% off the best socks you'll ever wear. So sit back, relax, and stay soxy. Yeah, I, I don't mind this right now. I Typically, it's not my thing. I like all the hot weather you can get, but I kind of enjoyed the, the crisper temperatures this week. The fall's been sort of nice. I didn't mind jumping into the hoodie collection this week. We, well, you know where I stand. It's, I mean, Neil's like in euphoria over here, but it's it's... Here's part of it, though. It's still warm enough in the afternoon to like not feel like you're freezing to death running outside or doing some things. Like you're getting a little bit of everything. Like it was still up into the 60s. Like I think temperatures all week. That next week are like into the 70s. Yeah. Still, like it's it's that situation where we're we getting a little get of all of it. Cold. We really don't get much cold weather here. We get like a month of it. That's about it. I mean, it's not. We don't get much. It's a little chilly in the morning. Like if you were getting up to go run at 6 a.m., it was a little chilly. But if my knee will let me, I'll go run around 4.30 or 5 today, and it'll be perfect. If your knee will let you. This might be the most, like, I'm getting older statement possible, isn't it? Well, I mean, in the middle of the night. I'm going to get up and test the ligaments a little bit, and if the knee cooperates, hey, we can get a run in today. In the middle of the night when you wake up and you stretch your knee out and you hear the pop, 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 and then it hurts, you're like, ah, damn it, probably won't be able to run today. Or the opposite, like, this morning when I woke up and I'm like, God, I didn't wake up with knee pain at any point in the night. I might be able to run. That's kind of where you are. Luke, what are the fall temps in Boston? What is your weather right now? Because obviously I would assume a little different than here. Um, yeah, I can tell the hunting story later. I'm not going to open the show with it, but most people have heard it. But yes, I was, I was innocent. Innocent, I tell you. So kind of all over the place today there wasn't a ton of actual news in the what he said what he meant yesterday um there's nothing but i'll tell you what and i, I got asked this and i i find it fascinating because you have to figure out where on the scale you're giving lane kiffin for syntax in things when he speaks because yeah. i'll be I, you, you and i haven't discussed this we may, we may even disagree i don't know um when he said that yesterday we know lane kiffin doesn't talk about injuries we're talking about jordan watkins obviously and his quote was, I anticipate him to play, or he's, I anticipate he's going to play. Or, I expect him to play. Well, anticipate was the word he Is used. Is that what he used? Yeah, okay. he used the word anticipate. Okay. I read that, and actually, in contrast to everything we've heard, expect him to play. Because, and again, maybe I'm look, going way too into the weeds here, but in the past, this season, and last season for the hell of it, When Lane knows someone is not playing or it's very doubtful, he typically goes, well, we hope he's going to play. And he sort of does it throwing it out there, and it's I'm not really answering your question. Obviously, we hope everyone plays because that's the thing. I kind of went back through my mental catalog a little bit. And th what this is, this is a test. This is not even necessarily saying it's for sure going to happen. I'm not reporting it or whatever, but I think it's a test of understanding if Lane was using certain words. He has never said anticipate or something along those lines in a positive manner and the person has not played. Does that make sense? Hope and anticipate are two completely different things. If you really want to stick on the words. We can all hope that we do something. But if we anticipate something, it's a better than 50% chance that's going to happen, right? Correct? 
Yeah, I, my initial thought to what you're saying is that I think you are giving this more thought. That's than, very possible, but then Lane gave it. Maybe he knew he'd be asked about it, and so he gave an answer. He he, he was prepared. Again, I don't. I mean, everything I've heard says Jordan Watkins is not playing. I just found the answer to go. Hold on a minute. That's not what he typically says when he is bullshitting us. Yeah, you can tell that I'm, I've the Mondays are so I despise them. It's my least favorite day of the week uh, from a coverage standpoint because I just don't even know what, what we're really getting anymore. Um, I haven't. I had not thought about that. I had not thought about the use of that word. I'd have to give that more thought. I, okay. My guess is that Lane did not give that any thought. I mean, they're closing practice today. It's normally been open. They clearly there's something they don't want us to see. Or Hugh has informants inside the program. Well, he does. I mean, I mean, he probably does. I'm kind of kidding. But. Well, I'm kind. I'm, I'm. I'm. I don't know. Wide receiver pass is what Ole Miss is going to open up with on Saturday. Well, here's the thing: the part they're going to pr- chunk it down the, the field. The part of practice that we ever saw didn't include. No, it's only going to be someone there. If, if you're closing practice, it is simply because you don't want to see the condition someone is in, and they are going to be out there. Yes, or they're not going to be out there, and you don't want Auburn to know that they're not going to be out but there. But now, here's the deal, and this has happened with Zachary Franklin and other people throughout the year. We've not known their availability because they've just not been out there for those five minutes, or they've been inside the IPF for the first three periods, and then they come out and do practice. Right. So that... That's what stuck me about it is that's I mean I don't care at all you don't care but mm-hmm. it was a extreme measure that you easily could just do something else with if you really cared about something yeah I, I, it, I and again it's does that make sense yeah what, see to have this conversation adequately or fully you have to talk about what other people do with that viewing period okay it's ten minutes it's just run, they're not even running. There, it's it's like the beginning part of a walkthrough. They're loosening up, and they sort of they, they kind of are going over a few things, kind of getting some mental reps that they're going to work on when they take the field later. They start their practice inside the the Manning Center, mm-hmm. and then they go out to the practice fields. It's what they do. Yeah, and so we get the part that's inside the Manning Center, and it's just it's literally ten minutes. And there's not much to it, but there are people on our beat who turn that into a content item. They make it a practice report. I, I don't know how to this day. I, I really admire the the um, creativity there. But, yes, you. it's very conceivable that you could have a player that was going to practice not be out at the early part because he's in the back getting rehab or mm-hmm. extra tape or a massage or treatment or whatever or yeah sure or watching the price is right i i don't know <laughs> yeah um and then as soon as practice is closed to the media he comes out and he does comes a normal out practice. and has a full practice yeah. and so other people would say well so and so didn't practice and i think you have to write and maybe they do i don't know you have to write in the portion of the practice available to media he didn't participate that doesn't mean it's one of the reasons where I'm like, okay, look, if you're only going to open 10 minutes, it's cool. You do what you want to do. I've never once bitched about access. Whatever you want to do, do it. It's cool. You're going to play on Saturday, scoreboard business, blah, blah, blah. 
But if you're only going to open up 10 minutes, it's almost not worth fooling with. It is It is a roll call within the parameters of the situation. That is what it is. If someone, look, because it only goes one direction. If someone is out there and you see them, then they were out there. If someone isn't out there, it doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to be out there. So, yes, it's only moving in one way because it's it's even less valuable. You know, this has been a pretty standard Ole Miss thing for a long time. It's a couple periods open beginning and you come back at the end. That's been a multi-coach thing in a row. But it's less, you know, like nut. I don't know if he was doing this because it's just what he did or he actually was just didn't care or what. We saw stretch, and everybody laughed about that, and it's true. But what he did was he essentially put a depth chart in stretch order. Right. They lined up the what – I mean, I get it's rotational, but the first team, if you will, was on the first line and second team was on the second line and all down. So mm-hmm. there was a real proactive roll call to that with Nut that no longer is the case because it's just not the way they do practice. It's not right. intentional. Right. Lane's going, hey, I'm not giving you stretch because you can't read. That's not it. That's just sort of the way it worked. So, point being, I I don't know. I mean, my assumption is it's related to Watkins. But you easily could have just avoided it either way. I mean, I I would I would assume. I mean, if if I'm Auburn, I have to prepare for Jordan Watkins, well, but, and then well, if he how, doesn't play, he doesn't play. But you 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 don't really prepare for personnel unless the personnel is Malik Neighbors, right? Unless it's uh, the kid at Missouri, yeah, Burden. Yeah, when AJ Brown was out there, you went, "Hey, we need to know where yeah, one's at." Yeah, out here. if if Metcalf were out there, okay, we we got to deal with this really tall receiver who's got this. He does this, but nothing against Jordan. He's a terrific player, but. He plays in the slot. You prepare for a slot receiver. You yeah. see, you see slot receivers who can run fast in the SEC. Every they preparing for him as hey, if they throw it to him, he's probably not going to drop it. So tackle him. Thanks. Yeah, that's it. So I don't know. I mean, it's and it could be Lane just didn't want media out there for ten minutes. It, it could be nothing more than that. And it could be he thinks this is funny theater. I don't know. It could be that he's. I got the sense that from a couple of his answers, that this game's personal. You thought he was pretty locked in yesterday. I thought he was. I thought he was pretty locked in. I, he didn't... Not a lot of jokes. Not a lot no, of... No, there was no jokes. He was he was ready to get out of there. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the, hey, how y'all doing, when he does occasionally. That wasn't it. So, he got asked the question about his relationship with Hugh Freeze and gave a what I thought was a pretty interesting answer. Oh. I'll go pull it up. Lane, uh, yeah, Lane is known for efficient practices. Short, get to it, get out. He's not killing them. And the that longer is, the longer the season goes, the shorter the practices are. Yeah, no, Lane is very much known as that. That is his his thing. They have really long camps. Their camp practices are long. And then as the season gets going, the practices get shorter. By the end, they're really short. And they stay on schedule, which is really smart. You just the practice is the practice. You're not fixing everything. You're not punishing like you know, nut, and I don't know why I'm picking on Houston today. He he might say the practice is ending at five fifteen, and it might end at six forty five. He would just keep them out there forever. It's like you're yes. you're not solving anything. Like, what are you doing? Yes. It's brutal. Yeah. Hey, we think they're going to be done at five twenty, and it's seven oh five. They walk off the. It was field the worst. It's, like, it's the absolute worst. <laughs> Those are the moments that, as a reporter, you question your life. <laughs> you're sitting in there somewhere for an hour and a half. Like I thought you said they'd be done at six. It's seven ten. It's the 
comparing the different eras and staffs is just really funny because I mean, like I said, my my favorite is is Orgeron who. He had a different practice availability every year because he went from not paranoid to crazy paranoid to a little less paranoid trying to save his job. So yeah. the first year he wanted to run USC and expected Snoop Dogg to be out there. And then he gets pissed off about the Willis injury thing and just completely closes it up. And then that third year like tries to do this middle thing but stays uncomfortable about it. Because, I mean, we would – that second year, because back then, again, things change. I mean, you know, there was a day where – I mean, I've told the story a ton. When a recruit committed, you would just call them every three minutes until they answered. Because, by God, that was the end of the world if you didn't have them in ten minutes. And that's no longer the case. No. Um, but it was practice. Yeah, you had to have these thousand practice reports and all these things and all this different stuff immediately. And Orgeron would have it all locked, on, locked down to the point that we wouldn't see anything. We wouldn't know who was out there. We got no availability at all. And then we would come to the practice and go, hey, how did it go today? And ask like four questions and then write a essentially a game story off Orgeron's answers when it he could have been telling us the sky was green and lying about who was out there and who wasn't out there it's, and everything else. It's journalism one oh one, the word said. Yeah, it's like said is your best friend. And what you realize so was they come back and go, you said no, I didn't I, say it. He said it. I asked Ed, Ed said. He said it. Yeah. Over and over. And that was every every practice post game was that or post practice was that. It was just Okay. Which gets back into where I come from with it is, okay, then why am I here? Because we're not going to write about on, on, on sun, on Saturday night, Sunday morning, you're not going to write about Tuesday's practice. You're going to write about Saturday's game. You're going to write about Saturday's game all of next week. You're not going to write about the practices. You're going to write about the games. And so if the practices aren't available to you, don't write about them. Oh, that's true. Is it personal? Like it's personal with Dion? Is that what you're saying? It's, it's personal. Uh, this the Dion thing is so weird. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. I just I haven't been around him that much. A few times over the years, my brother, when he coached here, really appreciate how he treated my brother. I've had nothing but good interactions the few times I've seen him. SEC Media Days and obviously against Liberty when they played here in 2021. So that's about it. Yeah, it was an opportunity to talk about the job that Hugh did at Ole Miss. It was the jo- opportunity to talk about what kind of a coach he is, an offensive coach. He did a great job at Liberty, blah, 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 blah. He didn't do Beat anything. us up when I was at Bama, blah, 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 He blah, didn't blah, do blah, any blah. of that. Well, they broke bread the first week he was here. I saw the pictures. I, was, I know. I was, none, of that, none of that happened. So that, that tells you something. <laughs> that, that night was one of my favorite things because the picture just goes all over the internet immediately. And I was actually on the square at the time. And I was like, what the? happened i text like a couple of mutual people and i was like hold on a minute that can't be true because it's a picture they're at grill house it's a picture of lane and hugh sitting at a table with food in front of them and i'm like hold on like, hugh had come back to sell his house he was cleaning out stuff or whatever and i think lane was eating with jimmy and they were just in there eating or whatever well hugh just happened to be in there eating with like john miller and somebody else and when he's walking out of the restaurant there's lane and jimmy so he sits down and talks for a few minutes and that that on the Oxford social media lore became, well, they had dinner the second night. Lane was in town, and they are really chummy. And it's like, no, they share an agent, and he walked yeah. by, and, hey, how you doing? Cool, whatever. And I think Lane's admitted, hey, at that point, hey, I asked him a couple things, you know, blah, 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 whatever. I mean, it's all cool. Yeah. Things have changed. More things, more things have happened. Things have happened. More things have happened. <laughs> things have happened, for sure. Even since the Liberty game in 2021. No, no question. Yeah. A lot happened last year. No, he, he he did not go on about his Ole Miss tenure and how he beat Nick Saban. He just gave a very short 
succinct. He does appreciate answer. the Chris part. He said that. He said that. And but that's as far as he went. Yeah. He was not glowing. I mean, Chris is in his second NFL stint right now, so I, I, I don't. I just thought that was interesting. I don't think it's going to matter, but it's interesting. Was Hugh asked about Lane yesterday? I don't know. They have very long press conferences. I haven't, I haven't dove all the way through that yet. It's well, Hugh gives big long answers too. Hugh, Hugh, Hugh looks beat up right now. <laughs> Judas ate dinner with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, Hugh said he's glad to see Ole Miss back in the top twenty-five again. Okay, they've been in the top twenty-five a good bit the last few years. I mean, <laughs> whatever. Look, Neil can't wait for Sunday. Just, had Lane just, taken just, had Lane taken the Auburn job, Hugh was set up to lobby so hard to try to get Ole Miss to give him another chance. They, they weren't going to, but it's somewhat disingenuous. But whatever he he thought he was rehirable. Yeah, he wasn't. Look, he's got he's got a he's got a great job at Auburn, but it's a really hard job. the The media is is going to dig into you there there's a lot more media it's in the state of alabama it's more emotional they're they're going to they're going to dig into you and and he's zero and three in the league and the word rebuild is difficult for a lot of auburn people i think to accept i think it's difficult for them to accept that offensively not all there's there's fans that get it but i think on the on the whole most of the fans don't understand that Offensively, they're just not very talented, and that this is going to be a slog, and that there's no guarantee that you get back. Because again, I go back to what I've said about a lot of schools. This isn't me picking on Auburn. I'm sure that's how it will be interpreted by some. But just because you once won doesn't mean you will always win, and just because you've never won before doesn't mean that you can't suddenly win. That's the new reality in college football, in my opinion. You're free to disagree. And he's been through the hardest part of the schedule to this point from a week-to-week standpoint. I mean, once he gets past Ole Miss, which will be a very difficult game for Auburn, State, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, New Mexico State, the next four. But he looks like he's been through the hardest part. He he was struggling a little yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. And there's an expectation there. The expectation there is compete for the national championship. I don't care whether you think that's realistic or not. It's immaterial. That is the expectation. Compete for the national championship. The Ole Miss job is a better quality of life job than Auburn. Yes, 100%. That's why Andy Staples calls Kentucky the best job in the country. And it pretty much is. He means go in eight games, there for life, make a ton of money, cool, sweet. Absolutely. No one expects Mark Stoops to win the national championship. No. No one expects Mark Stoops to make the college football playoff, even when it expands his to 12 teams. His biggest donor, his AD, no one. No one. And they pay him $9 million. $9 million. And he lives in a what I think is a pretty cool town. Yeah. And he's cool. It's all good. I mean, unless you're a complete moron, you're set for life. They're long. not raking him over the coals for losing to Missouri on Saturday. No. No, they had 
the basketball thing was Friday night. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It was big blue. Whatever. The one that's getting raked over the coals is Calipari. Yeah. You need to win more. Because he is Auburn football. Yes. They have yes. to win. The, 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 the goal is to win the national championship. The expectation yes. at Kentucky in basketball is to compete for the national championship. Period. Whether that's realistic or not is immaterial. That is the expectation. No, Kentucky is the, from a quality of life standpoint, the Kentucky job is the best job in the SEC. Yeah. So, All right, we'll keep on in a minute. First, are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and flex flavorable punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation. They're from the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion especially when you're cheering for your favorite team when you're tailgating in the stadium, parking lot, watching in a bar, or hosting friends at home. Twisted Tea is there to elevate your experiences. It complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Brought to you by Whitney McNutt, Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors. If you're searching for residential or commercial properties in Oxford or Tupelo, contact Whitney. For amazing professional service support, you can contact Whitney at Whitney at TMHomes.com or 662-567-2573. Are uh, you retiring soon? How long should you wait to take on Social Security? Uh, what accounts should you pull from first? Are you already retired? Should you consider Roth conversions? Those are some of the questions that can only be answered with a personalized retirement income plan. Andrew Siegel with Siegel Wealth Management specializes in helping folks just like you come up with their retirement game plan. Whether you meet at his office in Collierville or you prefer Zoom from anywhere, schedule a free discovery meeting and see what he can do for you. It's rebelsretire.com. We're also brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. We'll have a hand-raised guys for you. Chase and uh, Brian will on Thursday night. It's uh, different names, but the same great people, products, and services if you live in Oxford. Batesville, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock is a Nashville-based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1, no matter what the retail value may be. Shop now at astock.bid. That's A-S-T-O-C-K dot B-I-D. Or download their app, name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock has multiple locations around Nashville as well as Memphis, some in Indiana, and more coming soon that offer local pickups, so don't miss out. The College Corner is in Oxford now. It's right off of um, Sisk Avenue in the Oxford Commons. More than 4,000 square feet of their uh, best Rebel gear. Plenty of parking available, so if you're coming in next weekend for the Vanderbilt game, you've got all day long to go over to uh, the College Corner and get your gear. They'll have you in and out, ready for the Grove in no time. Uh, also, two locations in the Jackson area. It's collegecornerstore.com. Podcast is brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. Season tickets for basketball on sale. Men's and women's. Women's just $50 per ticket. Ole Miss baseball season tickets. Renewals are available as well. That's OleMissTicks.com. And remember the Tad Pad game. Coming in November, the Rebels and Sam Houston State at Tad Smith Coliseum. It's not on TV. It's not being streamed. you got to be in the building. they got VIP packages. They're doing a lot of uh, commemorating different things there that night. So be in attendance for that action. That's OleMissTix.com as well. Again, all those things as well as Ole Miss football single-game tickets. Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, OleMissTix.com. 
Uh, let's see. Lane Kiffin, did he say anything else that had any note whatsoever? Not really. Um, no, not really. It was a lot of thoughts with Caden Priestcorn dealing with a lot, by the way. He's back in town. He's going to try to play after his father passed away last week. Just brutal in a thousand different ways, but with his obligations that he's under, he's trying to stay on top of as well. I mentally, I know that's incredibly taxing right now. Um, skimming through to make sure he answered that question about the sec right now versus earlier in a lot of words that were not necessary he gave that a lot of answer with that it wasn't required so, so i'm trying not to his quarterback answer was really good what we've talked about that quarterback play is dictating everything yes college and nfl i started to follow up and ask him about the offensive line thing but i'll save it there's time. Lots of time. There's time. We still have Vanderbilt week, ULM week. Breaking down the doors. Ken Seals, AJ Swan. 6.30. How sad were you? It's hard to put it into words. So you heard it in the room prior to the actual announcement. Yeah, so the rumor yesterday morning was... 11 or 630. Oh, oh, I know. Oh, like, God. It's like, don't put it in front of me like that. Live or die. Yeah. Those are your answers. Because yeah. I was totally braced for three o'clock, right? I talked myself into three o'clock. Three o'clock is going to be okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Three o'clock is going to be okay. And then someone goes 630 is on the table. And then the word was it's 630. They haven't confirmed it yet, but it's 630. And at that point it was, oh, God. What is funny about it is, you know, obviously we're always talking about this, but a lot of fans are going, God, it's Vanderbilt. Just give us the 11 o'clock game. Yeah. Like, that was the most upset I've ever seen our message board with people wanting the earlier game and going, oh, Jesus. Yeah, and people get mad at us. Here's the, If you left it up to media, every game would start like around 9 a.m. Yeah, sure. I mean, we would start games at, can y'all can kick it off at 830? I mean, they do it in London. They do it. Um, you know. <laughs> um, you know what would be cool is if you played at the same time that game day was going on and they could just do some live cut-ins. Wouldn't yeah. that be awesome, right? Um, 6.30 for us is, means the game's not over till 10. It means that we're doing a post-game show till midnight. It means you're up till 2 and then both of us are... I'm dying get, by the end. I'm getting up at 6.15 the next morning. That's just the, the I'm, I'm going to wake up. Oh, so you slept in. Good. Yeah, you're up at 5. So it's brutal. So we all cheer for early games and people can get mad at But no, us I mean, there was. Life. There was a large portion that went, you know, it's Vanderbilt. Because look, I mean, from a home game standpoint, Ole Miss got Mercer at 1 o'clock, which was a game time that the school picked. It wasn't on television. It was right. streaming only. So Ole Miss picked when that game started. They chose when it was the surface of the sun outside. And then the road game in New Orleans doesn't count. It was 2.30, but that's an American time slot. That isn't anything to do with the SEC right. at all. Georgia Tech was 6.30 mm -hmm. for a home game. Uh, Bama was 2.30. Bama was 2.30, but again, over there, right. not a home game. LSU, 5 o'clock. Arkansas, 6.30. Now, whatever. I mean, so you've had nothing but evening games outside of Mercer at home. 
It, it shows you that, frankly, most of the fan base likes some variety. Give me some night games. Give me some morning games. Move it around. Do this. Whatever. But, yeah, it's Vanderbilt. Because I think a lot of people went, hey, we could get up at 6, get there for kickoff, and be home by 8. I think a lot of the people complaining, they were doing the, hey, I live in Madison. I could just leave at, like, 8. And yeah, sure. It's it's cool. Yeah. We'll get there. and Sure. Well, I mean, real, got a parking pass. Realistically, you're leaving early. Yeah. No, it'll be my luck that the one game that I don't need to be at 11 will be at 11. That's I'm now just hoping the ULM game can be a 3 p.m. game. I'm, I'm going to try to will that into existence. <laughs> Bribe some people. Whatever, so can, whatever it takes. Just, Neil's going to call Charlie Hussey today and go, look. Hey, can you do me a favor? Yeah. Man? One time, just one. I've never asked for anything. Can you ULM game kick at 3, please? Yeah. It's not really a big favor. I mean, who I mean, really gives a crap? Nobody cares, right? <laughs> Just put it at three. The game times next weekend, South Carolina, Texas A&M, got the, the 11 a.m. ESPN game slot for next yeah. week. Um, Here's the part that people people do. The, there isn't two 11s next week. Yeah, there is no. They decided not to do an SEC Network game at 11. Yeah. Why? CBS 230 has been for months, Georgia yeah. and Florida. Tennessee at Kentucky, 6 o'clock. Again, somebody in the stream yesterday said that had a Keeneland thing to it, that they had to play at night because of Keeneland. Yes. Um, so really, we just needed Ole Miss to have a horse race on Saturday night, and we could have solved this problem. Couldn't we have just lied about it? Yeah. There's, we got something going on. There's horses. There's horses right over. When you pull into my neighborhood, there's horses right across the street. Just let them. We're going to run them. Let them race. State and Auburn, 2.30 on SEC Network. That was the surprising one to me. Is that that, that and two thirty, not three? They did that with South Carolina, Florida. Why? I don't know. So they're going completely head up on themselves. So you're burying a game because if you go at three, you're staggering endings. Yeah. Now, not really, because CBS puts yeah seven million commercials in their games. But, but you're, you're burying a game, and that was the game they buried. I kind of thought they'd buried. They would bury. It tells me they're Ole expecting wins by Ole Miss and Auburn and Arkansas this weekend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're going okay, whatever. And Arkansas's off next week. Tennessee's off. Is that right? Tennessee didn't play next week. I don't know. Who else plays? That's it. Okay. Ole Miss Vanderbilt. Only five games next week. Yes. Yeah, just very disappointing. Very disappointing. <laughs> I mean. Now, ESPN wants a game. This is the part that the fans get mad about. ESPN wants a game at 11 o'clock coming out of game day. They want a compelling game at 11 o'clock coming out of game day. Doesn't mean the best game. No, a compelling, a compelling game. game. And yes. so when I found out that SEC Network wasn't doing an 11 o'clock game, you know, I was like, oh, we're in trouble. Because you're not getting the ESPN slot. No, they're not. Hey, coming out of game day, fresh to Oxford, Ole Miss, 10th in the country, playing Vanderbilt. Yeah. No, no one's no, no one. And they go, hey, what's that big new kickoff game? Oh, Ohio State, whomever. Yeah. Cool. All right, we'll do that. And so they're going out to Kentucky, South Carolina. Is that what you said? A&M, South Carolina. A&M, South Carolina. Poof. Okay. Is what it is. Do you actually anticipate Aiden Williams or Braylon Brown getting snaps this week? Okay, this is just me being cynical. Yep. Probably not. Who's going to get the snaps if Watkins doesn't play? Someone has to play. I thought you said you thought Watkins was going to play. 
Because, I mean, if he's going to play, he's going to play. You don't think he's one of those Trey Harris five snaps things. Either you can catch the ball or you can't because it's a hand. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I mean, maybe they do something different. Maybe Hudson Wolf's back. Maybe they didn't want to see Hudson Wolf. They didn't want us to see that Hudson Wolf is back. Lane may decide that Jordan Watkins, even with a club on his hand, has better hands than some of his options. So he goes, you know what? Or can get in the right lineup, can can line up properly. The the concern with the other guys is assignment. Uh-huh. I mean, look, it's if in a season where most everything is positive, it's the one kind of glaring negative is that you haven't been able to get enough wide receivers kind of into the rotation. Well, and he says that it's it's what I found the the oddest of an answer, even though he was just getting through a question, I think. I don't think he'd put a ton of thought into it. He was asked about, does he expect any wide receivers to step up second half of the season? And I just asked that question in like six words. Um, He goes, I can't predict that. I would certainly like to see that happen. They haven't gotten a lot of chances, but Sakari Franklin, Braylon Brown, Nathan Williams all had really good bye weeks. I'd like to see us give them more opportunities and then seize those opportunities when they happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, Lane, you can choose to give them the opportunities. Yeah. I mean, it's it is your call. Yeah. I mean, he said it almost like wistfully, like, "Well, I'd really like to see him out there more." Do like, it. Well, you know what? Hey, no one's stopping you. <laughs> I mean, we're not. Hey, Charlie, put Aiden in the game. Thanks. Done. See how easy that was. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Higher snap snap count on Saturday: Jordan Watkins or Braylon Brown. I'll, I'll guess Jordan. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you this. Next August, I'm not doing the so-and-so's having a great – this this freshman's having a great camp. Aiden Williams over under 15 snaps on Saturday. Under. Ooh. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah sure. You know, right. But, I mean, I'm, I'm to that place where – but I'm not doing that again next August. I'm just going to – I'm going to do what they said. I'm not doing observations on freshmen. Not doing it again. I'm, that was my fault. George was a good point in the stream. That, that Vanderbilt game is that Ole Miss is going to win. Vanderbilt is going to cover. It is going to be the sloggiest of sloggiest games for Ole Miss in between Auburn and A&M. Almost certainly. I mean, they're going to be asleep at the wheel. They're going to win. but well, Two years in a row, Ole Miss has played with its food against Vanderbilt, so the odds yeah. are they'll do it again. They got up the last few weeks. They got a bye week. They're going to get up enough for Auburn on Saturday over there. They're going to get beat. And then they got A&M coming in two weeks, and everybody's aware of what that looks like. Yeah. And and then Georgia on the other side of A&M. Yeah, Vanderbilt's – if that line's like 20-something, just I'll take the points. Feels very 34-20. Yeah, something like that. Just sloppy. They get through it. So again, it's another reason why I would, would have wanted to play. If I were them, I would have wanted to play the game in the daytime. Because you lay around all day, kind of just whatever, and then you go play. Two years ago, they played that game at night at Vaught-Hemingway, and Ole Miss never really answered. The corral was hurt. But they remember that game? The game was it – was, it was close to the I point. I don't know that I remember this game. It was close the whole time. You knew Ole Miss was going to win, but it was never comfortable, ever. Okay. Yeah, there are some games that I can tell you every play, and there are some games that I don't even remember them happening. Hardman says, I do not want to hear next offseason how good the O-line and D-line is. Good, then you're, you're in the right place, because I'm not, I'm not doing it. Next, next offseason, I'm going to literally just use the word said. They said they had a good camp. 
They said that the offensive line is good. Kiffin said, Kiffin said, Kiffin said. And then what, let it be. I, that's my mistake. I won't, I won't make it again. The Chargers just have a coach problem or do they have a team problem? They have an ownership problem. In a league where coaching matters, they keep going cheap. Brandon Staley, 21 and 18 overall. They all three of the Chargers losses are by three points or less, I believe. Um Is that right? so far this season. But they find crazy ways to blow games. They don't win close games at all. And at some point, if it's consistent, it is on coaching. Players, whatever. They blew a twenty seven point lead in the playoffs last year to the Jags. They have Justin Herbert, who we all believe is a top quarterback. He does some really dumb stuff occasionally, though. He, he does. does more dumb stuff than most elite quarterbacks. He does. Now, is that his team? Some of that might be coaching. They go cheap on coaches. You so, would think that's a job that's very good, and with the right coach, they you got to pay though. Would have something. No, they weren't. They weren't willing to fire and then hire Sean Payton and pay him whatever the hell that takes. I would have liked to have seen Sean Payton with Justin Herbert, oh, uh, as opposed to Russell the, Wilson. The riffraff that's going on over there. Yeah. Somebody we both like a ton, by the way, uh, really getting heat up. I see here, I follow Greg Dole on Twitter, who works for the Indianapolis Star, and the uh, two tweets in a row from him this morning, never mind the buyout, can IU football afford another year of Tom Allen? And then the next tweet, Tom Allen's buyout is $20 million. That's what it would cost IU football to move on after the season, but what would it cost to keep him? That's the math they're working through right now. It's been a long way since that 2020 Outback Bowl. Well, and once you... Once you start with the math, you've already made your decision. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, here's the thing. is, It's like the Jimbo thing. It's like Tyler and I were having this argument yesterday. When I say argue, we weren't like coming to blows. But you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. So it's, in this, let's use Tom Allen's number. It's $20 million. If you wait another year, yeah, the buyout goes down, but you're still paying him salary. And so if you're losing and you're just kicking the can down the road, you're better off taking the pain. It's, hey, I'm going on a diet. I'm going to start it next Monday. Well, why not start today? You'd be five days ahead of it. Yeah. I mean, well, why are you waiting until then? What are you going to do? You're going to gorge yourself all week. You're going to go have pizza all weekend long so you can gain some more weight. So now there's going to be more to lose when you start the diet. It's literally a, it's a pretty good example. No, it is. So you're going to go another year of getting your ass kicked where you can't recruit. You're going to dig the hole even deeper in a harder Big Ten so that whoever the next guy is, the job to rebuild the program is going to be even harder than it is today so that you can, you're not saving any money. You're just kicking some money down the road. It's like at A&M, if the decision gets made that, hey, this isn't good enough, you're better off just giving him the money. And moving on. Hiring the next guy. It's. It, whenever you hear somebody in November go, yeah, I'm starting a diet, man. New Year's Day. So you're not really going on a diet, huh? So for two months, you're just going to kick that down the road. Yeah, well, it's the holidays and stuff. So you have no willpower during the holidays, but you'll have it in January. Sure. Well, everyone does January 1st. I mean, and, and it doesn't work. 
You show me the guy that in October goes, I'm going on a diet. I'm starting today. I'm like, oh, you got it. It's been interesting. Got shot. <laughs> and then when he gets through December and he hasn't gained weight, you go, no, it's not. No, he, it. he did it. He's he's in. That cat, that cat's going to lose. He's going to lose the 100 pounds. Yeah. It's going to happen. So you don't believe the January 1st people? No, I think that's yeah. the giveaway that those people will fail. If you gave me a hundred people that go on a diet that starts, they decide in the fall, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going on a diet on January the 1st. If you told me to guess right then, percent failure, I'll go 90% minimum, and I'll win every time. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You show me the people that like, hey, I'm going on a diet. It's, it's October. I'm starting today. Got a shot. Because if they push through the holidays and they're careful around the holidays, moderation that, in the yeah, holidays. If you eat, you can eat the pecan cluster. Don't yeah, just I mean. don't have four, right? Those people there, they they pretty much make it. Yeah, you can even have a cheat day. Those two days, days, not season. Eat whatever you want on Thanksgiving Day. You're not going to gain enough weight in one no, day no, no. to I, change. Your- I know people who follow the eighty twenty rule who've had tremendous success. Yeah. 80% of the time, they're locked in. And 20% of the time, they have they let it go, whatever. The one that I think, and you might be able to do it, because you have a weird willpower with it, 
is the thing Kimmel did to lose all the weight, where five days a week he eats completely normal and doesn't even really watch it. And then two days a week he eats no more than like 300 calories. Oh, really? Yeah. Eats like jars of pickles on those two days because they don't have calories. Oh, it's interesting. Just fills himself full of pickles for two days. So two days a week he doesn't eat. What does he do from an exercise standpoint? I have no idea. But he's lost a shit ton of weight. Yeah. And that was just a couple years ago when he did it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 the five two intermittent fasting, but it's five days a week are kind of just you know two thousand. Don't be stupid, but nothing crazy. And then two days a week, just nothing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, there are the people that insist like if you do a thirty six hour fast every week that you will you will lose weight. You you can do kind of whatever the rest of the week. Yeah, that's the thing. If you're doing the January 1st thing, I think the the date that you would have to convince me that you're fully on is like March 15th. About 75 days. If you get through March 15th, you're probably... Because then most of the gym goers have quit by then. Yeah. You're, you're one of the few remaining. Yeah. You're the Oregon Trail that's actually made it to the Pacific yeah. Northwest. You didn't yeah. die of cholera. Yeah, because it's... Well, the, the first three weeks are the hardest. That's why if you... If you start, I don't know the, the whole, like you said, the holiday thing is it's really, you can get through that. I mean, you, days, not seasons. Yes. Well, it's like you, okay. We're going to get to other stuff. In a second. I, I, it's whatever. Pizza is my weak spot, right? Yeah. I love it. Love pizza. Yeah. You like it way more than I do. I love pizza. So if we know we're going to have pizza on a Friday night, the key thing is don't order so much that it's left for Saturday. You can have a cheap meal. You can have pizza on Friday nights. Fine. It's not going to wreck you. But if you have pizza on Friday night and you get up and you have some on Saturday morning, then you have it again on Saturday afternoon. Well, you didn't have a cheap, you didn't have a pizza meal. You had a pizza day. That's a different thing. Now you've consumed a whole bunch of calories and you've created a different deal. We have a buddy who's in really good shape. I don't know if you know this or not. He watches what he eats six days a week, almost religiously. And on Sunday, eats nothing but McDonald's all day long. Really? Mm-hmm. That doesn't wreck his stomach. Like, literally, his cheat day is eating whatever he wants from McDonald's on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. Other six days, very whatever. Doesn't drink during the week. Okay. Alcohol on the weekends within moderation. Yeah. And Sunday is McDonald's all day. That's interesting. And I mean, we're talking two cheeseburgers, quarter pounder, Big Mac, snacks on it all day long oh and then back on monday morning chicken rice vegetables chicken rice vegetables chicken rice vegetables yeah I mean, there's a lot of people who have a lot of success with just turning the week you in the during the week you treat food like fuel period yeah. nothing more you don't do the whole pleasure thing you don't go hey we're gonna have whatever tonight and i'm gonna add nope nope it's just fuel and then weekends okay. and then on the weekends you have whatever you want yeah Anyway, now that we've covered that, we'll get back on some sports stuff in a minute. First, G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync. Fill your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. They also will transfer your medications easily. You don't have to stay with those big box pharmacies. Go with someone that cares about you. That's whether it's in in Holly Springs with Tyson Drugs or Oxford with G&M. One phone call, they take care of the rest. Again, 662-236-2222. Game Changer patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. you got the warm-up patch, the overtime patch, all natural ingredients keep you in the game ready for your next play. Go to Game Changer 
patch.com, promo code rebelgrove20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. We're brought to you by Pinnacle, Pinnacle based in Madison, Mississippi, also home to the Pinnacle 401k advisory services team. Get in touch with them. They'll conduct a complimentary, no obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. Again, it's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. Brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you're thinking about traveling and you want a special trip that creates a lifetime of unique memories, get in touch with John. Just give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He'll give you options that you'll have a hard time finding on your own. And no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387. Or send him an email, jedwards at regencytravel.net. Uh, brought to you by OPA. It's Oxford's newest Greek restaurant on the square. It's also the perfect place to plan your um, company dinner, your festive party event, your company Christmas party. Uh, Fabulous food, great craft libations as well. They can accommodate up to 200 guests at OPA. For catering or booking information, contact Jeannie, 601-421-7147. We'll have picks up on Thursday. They're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. If your company is looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, Service specialists can help. Uh, Keep in mind that payment of service is solely contingent, and if you decide to hire a candidate that they send, you've got nothing to lose. So give Will, Sidney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website at servicespecialistltd.com. Get the beautiful and healthy smile you deserve at Corinth Dental. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures that will result in a beautiful, long-lasting smile. From routine checkups to advanced treatment, including implants and Invisalign, Corinth Dental is here to help you achieve your smile goals. So schedule your appointment today. Take the first step toward a better version of yourself with CorinthDental.com. And we've referenced what he said, what he meant. That's up at RebelGrove.com. It's brought to you by MyPerfectFranchise.net. Are you a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur looking to diversify? Either way, Andy Ludicky can help. He owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy. Put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. you got nothing to lose. Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net or contact Andy at andy at myperfectfranchise.net or call 404-973-9901. Podcast also brought to you by uh, NE Spark, Northeast Spark, NE uh, SPRC, service people across rural communities. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the 1 gig, the powers, the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's NESpark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, parental controls, network security, and much more. So to get the best internet in Lafayette County, that's 662-238-3159. I don't know how I stumbled across this when I was just flipping through some stuff, but I noticed this and it's a post. I think it's kind of interesting. So obviously win loss, we know in baseball that that doesn't matter to judge a pitcher, but I've seen a lot of different things talking about basically snubs over the years where a, team, a guy won a Cy Young because he won so many more wins than somebody else. And it, you look at the rest of the numbers and you go, that makes absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. So this guy here and, um, he says, somewhat Nolan Ryan. And he goes, there's been a lot of Nolan Ryan talk. And while I don't think he's the greatest of all time or anything, I do think his fans are correct in pointing out what his record might have looked like if all things were equal. So I neutralized all of his games. Average run support, average ballpark, average opponent, and average relief pitching, giving each start the result that it actually earned. 
His neutralized record would have been 393 and 223. Wow. Of the 14 pitchers I've run through the process, his win total is second highest just behind Greg Maddox. But his 113-point jump in win percentage is the highest yet. He's also the only pitcher with over 200 neutralized losses, small sample size. Still good for 171 neutralized net wins. He's calling it NNW because he's a nerd. Said that Randy Johnson's win percentage went up 36 points. But there's an argument that he's the greatest of all time because he went 320 and 149 in this neutral net win percentage thing. And from an average season standpoint, he averaged 18.7 wins for his career on a neutral net win. Wow. Yeah. Random just nerd thing there. Yeah. But Did you anyway. watch any of the baseball yesterday? Not a bit. Uh, I see that back. I watched half an inning accidentally of Rangers Astros. Okay. That was it. I had it on in here. I was working. Then I had a Carson's soccer team had a parent meeting. So I, I went to that. And then I came back and I watched the last inning. Well, here. I told you I'm not watching Diamondbacks Phillies. I just refuse. And then I see the Phillies hit all the home runs and one again. Um, Can I just get something off my chest on this Phillies thing? Sure. The Cubs made a fundamental mistake. Oh, this goes with what we said about Jimbo. Are we talking okay. about? Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm getting to it. All right. In 2017, the Bryce Harper was entering the last year of his contract. If I'm, if I'm getting my numbers right, 2017 or 2018, entering the last year of his contract with the um, Washington Nationals. Okay. Everyone knew he was going to free agency. Okay. At the time, there was a little boy that stood at the Cubs convention and asked Theo Epstein if he could go ahead and order his Bryce Harper jersey. Oh, yes. It kind of got dismissed. The Cubs went cheap. They didn't, they didn't even participate in the Harper deal because they were saving all the money to keep all the guys that were on the current roster who were no longer on the current roster. Okay. The mistake they made was right there. They, they should have borrowed from the future there, given the money to Harper, and built let him be the bridge from the past to the future. He would have been one hell of a bridge because dude's one hell of a player. He's one hell of a player. He's become a, a, a plus defensive first baseman. Yes. Having played 35 games. It's remarkable. He's a great hitter. He's a clutch hitter. He's a clubhouse guy. He is. He's the whole deal. Bryce Harper's the whole deal. He's actually hit what were unreal expectations when he entered. Yeah, so this was... January of 2018, when this question was asked. Okay. That was a mistake. So the point is, is when you have an opportunity to to do something, even if it doesn't meet the timetable, you do it. You do it. You don't wait to do it. It's the couple that waits till they have the money to have kids and then looks back years later and goes, well, I wish we would have started earlier. You should have started earlier. That's what you wanted to do. Harper's a legitimate player. Harper's a Hall of Fame player. He doesn't get the credit he deserves for how great he is in the modern era. Dude is amazing. And what he does to lift other people, the way he changes the way other people get pitched to in the batting order, is remarkable. I'm, I'm, I know you hate the Phillies, blah, blah, blah. No, and no, I, no. And here, I get it. Here's the deal, though. I give the Phillies a shit ton of credit. No, that's the thing. For spending the money. I... I hate the Phillies because of what they do to the Braves. I have a very hard time in a just yeah. baseline hating the Phillies because there's nothing to really hate. Their fans are great. Well, their ownership is great. Harper's I like Harper. Their ownership is like, awesome. Yeah, there's nothing to necessarily hate, which makes me hate them even more. Yeah. 
Like I watched. If what, there's something easy to hate, you go, oh, well, those at like, oh, sure. They went out this off season and and said, hey, we just came off a World Series, won the National League pennant, so let's go spend an absolute fortune on Trey Turner. Why? It deepens our lineup. It makes us a better team. Our fans deserve it. I, I respect the hell. Is it Middleton? I think is his name. I respect the hell out of their ownership. I look at the Cubs ownership was like, well, we, we have to spend responsibly. Why? You're in a massive media market. Your stadium's full. Your fans are loyal. Why? I, the more I read about the Phillies and the decisions they made, the more I'm like, that's, that's, that's the team. I like those guys. And then last night, the place is just electric. I didn't watch the whole game. I didn't watch a whole lot of it. Carson came downstairs, and he wanted to watch NBA basketball, so we flipped. But... You Schwarber hits the home run, the place goes nuts. Harper hits a home run, the place goes nuts. Castellanos hits a home run, the place goes nuts. They pitch well enough, they hold on, they win. They're, they do it the right way. The, the shame of it is that the NLCS should have been Phillies Braves. Sure. Give us seven and let's do Let's watch these two teams that have done it in sort of different ways, but have both done it the right way. They've both done it right. That's the fun in it. Anyway, just my thought on the whole... I, I think I think the Ricketts family gets a pass from local Chicago media over the over the um, Harper thing. I think it was a bad decision. I thought then it was a bad decision, and history has shown that it was a horrific decision. He would have gone to Chicago had they paid him the money, and you could have built you could have built the bridge. I don't hate more teams than anyone. I have an issue with two college football teams. I. Phillies, Falcons. That's, that's Those are your it. two teams? I mean, well, it's definitely the Falcons. But Well, I have a theory that you have a certain amount of emotional capacity. And you can only use it up. And it, you can't, it doesn't grow. You can't, like, build your emotional capacity. If you, if you become more of a fan of one team, your fandom for another team dissipates because it's a percentage thing. Someone was trying to talk Carly Ann into being a Falcons fan last week. I walked into the room and I heard oh, wow. Bijan Robinson. You really you should, yeah. you should check him out. That's, <laughs> no, that's not good. I mean, when Carson was like eight, somebody goes, "Look, Yadier Molina. You can cheer for him for the next fifteen. You like he." It's he, a real easy he, fix he, at that age. You just explain that those people hate Santa Claus. I mean, it was the Mets growing up, and then now the Phillies are more annoying. And so you don't hate the Mets the same way. Nah, See, it's my point. Yeah, nah. it's my point. There's a there's a there's a pie. The Mets are kind of pathetic right now, honestly. There's it's, a pie, and you only have a certain amount. So you can, if you love one team to 100%, there's nothing else. You can't love other teams. You love that team. It's like with me, to be honest, like Carson is such a big Thunder fan uh-huh. that I'll watch Thunder with him because it's more fun, and they actually seem to have a plan. <laughs> And so, but as, as that fandom increases, my interest, my passion for the Cubs dissipates to the point where like when the Suzuki play happened in right field, my literally response was, oh, well, too bad. It wasn't, oh God, it wasn't, I I wasn't an emotional wreck. I didn't lose any sleep over it. Yeah. I mean, it. Also, isn't it weird that most of us cheer for teams across different cities and different sports? Like, for example, outside of Atlanta, most people who are Braves fans aren't Falcons fans. I mean, it's it's TBS. It's WGN. It's how you grew up. You yeah. pick 
Cubs, White Sox, Braves because they were on TV all the time. So what would team you could watch? Fairly regional. I mean, most you know the older generation than us that are from Mississippi they listen. There are a lot of tons of Cardinals fans because they listened to them on KMOX for mm-hmm. years and years and decades, and yep. that's the way you you took in those things. And it was one of the closest teams to you. Um, and now for young people growing up, they can see anybody. They can watch anyone. I mean, you can. I mean, we used to say this all the time. If you decided you wanted to be an Oregon football fan, you could watch every game. And now that they're in the Big Ten, you literally can watch every game. If you decide you're a South Carolina football fan, you can watch every South Carolina mm-hmm. game, but one, in every sport, in everything. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I could tomorrow go. I am going to be a Kentucky Wildcat, and I can watch everything. You watch Kentucky all their soccer does. games, their volleyball games, everything. Yeah, Saints fans. I mean. Obviously, we have. There are years where you're very worried about them, but no, you you reserve your emotional hatred for Panthers, not pan, not. I mean, sorry for Falcons, not Panthers or Bugs. Yeah, I mean, no. it's like if you're a Cub fan, you hate the Cardinals. You don't really hate <laughs> the Pirates. I mean, when I growing up as a Saints fan, you just knew the dark the you know the dark star was the 49ers because we were in the NFC West back in the day, and they just beat the hell out of you every year. And yeah. Hey, where's the, we got Saturday candlestick? Oh, good. That'll be fun. Can't wait for that one. I mean, yeah, that's that's how that went. But I mean, no, I'm a Braves fan because of TBS, and then I went to Saints games growing up because I've always been a Saints fan. That's that's it. And when they're good, I tell people I'm a Blackhawks fan. That's how that works. I mean, Connor Bedard, though, I'm telling you, got he's got good. something there coming. Just he's just good. saying. Well, as a rule, when everyone in the sport tells you that someone's going to be awesome, they are. Yeah. Hey, this guy's the hockey LeBron. Okay, I'm it's, in. It's like I'll watch it. Victor Wimbanyama. Like, I don't know how much you probably haven't watched any, but dude has done some stuff in the preseason and you're like, oh, okay. So that's that's why everybody loved him. I get it. Some Saints fans in the stream saying they actually, they actually hate the Panthers. Yeah, I don't know. They have to rank your hate though, right? I mean, you, yeah, I just, again, you, you have a certain amount of hate. You can only, you can't manufacture more hate. Yeah, they, the Panthers would have to really get under my skin annually to rise above. The Falcons. Yeah. Well, here's the here's is, the here's the litmus test. Is rise in Atlanta's like little saying that I do that? Yeah. I think so. Here's the okay. litmus test. If yeah. I tell you that one of these three teams has to win the Super Bowl. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Carolina, Atlanta, or Tampa, who's the last choice? Atlanta. There you go. Yeah. Tells you Not even you I'll go deliver Tampa Bay their Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay, if you tell me, hey, someone in the National League Central not named the Cubs is going to win the World Series and you get to pick it's going to be great news for Pittsburgh or Cincinnati because one of you is going to win a title. Uh, no, I don't think New Orleans could sport a Major League Baseball team. No. No. No, not at all. No. It's a Saints town that likes the Pelicans. By the way, the people in baseball will tell you that the reason that they're not fixing this playoff format right now is because they're about to expand. Oh. So do they want to fix it? Do I they think, think it needs fixed? I think they know that it likely needs to be uh, played with okay they can't exactly figure out how to do it and this is what they've agreed to with this current uh labor deal okay but that on the next labor deal there's going to be two more teams and that they're going to have a different playoff format that makes more sense so i said i had two thoughts on this phillies braves thing with harper and arcia and the clubhouse comment yeah. yesterday yeah first I get that we you take whatever motivation, and I get that great athletes find slights where they can find them. Mm-hmm. Bryce Harper didn't hit home runs because somebody said something in the clubhouse. No. In no way whatsoever. Right. 
So the level of talking point that that changed the series. No, it didn't. Shut up. No. It had no tangible benefit on it whatsoever. No. None. Now, you could lock in. You can do some stuff. I get it. I think he used it as a way to get the fans more riled up. Yeah, sure. I think he used it as a way to galvanize his team. But no, he didn't hit home runs because Orlando Arcia made a comment about Attaboy Harper after the game two base. And by the way, it wasn't even a base running mistake. That ball off Castellanos' bat looked like a double off the wall. He was the tying run with one out. The only way he was going to score on that with the Cunha in right field was to get a great jump. Where do you fall on using clubhouse content in your stores? The way I do with practice. If you make it open to Mm -hmm. me, if it's open and I'm there, I'm there as a media member. I'm there wearing a credential that says working, working press. The better question is don't eavesdrop on people or get in their space. Yes, 100%. I, I don't know precisely. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. But if something is screamed across the clubhouse, it's there like that. Right. I mean, it's the argument that I had with Houston Nutt back in 2010 when or 2009 when, when Shackelford got, got, got hurt. Yeah. And it was in the portion of practice that was available to us. I was literally watching the linebacker drills when he went down. Hell, I heard the I heard the pop. Yeah, I know. And I didn't report that he'd torn his ACL. I reported that he, he had, went down with an apparent knee injury. That he went down with what appeared to be a knee injury and that he had not returned to practice in the part that was available to the media. And, and they came and screamed bloody murder. And my response to Houston was, look, if you're going to open practice and make practice available to media and something happens, I saw it. Mm-hmm. I have the ability to report it. Right. And his deal was, well, then we'll close practice. And I said, well, that's your decision. That's a you. That's a you decision. Baseball as an organization decides clubhouse rules, not teams. Uh, Is that right? Baseball and the the association. The association have an agreement with the writers association. Okay. Gotcha. Clubhouses are open. It's like three and a half hours before games for like an hour and a half. And then after but the most reporters that are good, that have good relationships with the teams that they cover, don't use the whole time. And they're this was what's her name? Alana Rizzo, is that her name? She her argument was if you cover a team all season, you sort of understand what's off limits and what isn't, and you sort of figure that out organically. The guy that wrote this was a Phillies writer, a Phillies kind of blogger, really who was in the Braves clubhouse, and he heard Arcia say that and reported it. I saw, It was one of those deals where I sort of saw both sides of it, but I don't, at the end of the day, I don't have a problem with it being reported that Orlando Arcia was, was poking fun at Bryce Harper. At the same time, it's difficult for me to believe that that was the most that Come was on. the most compelling piece of content that you could have gotten out of the Braves um, clubhouse after that game, right? I mean, the, the the bigger story was what a play by Harris because I mean, the I think the analytics showed the comeback that, in general. Yeah, I think the the analytics showed that off the bat Harris had less than a forty percent chance of catching that ball. Really? So, which is why I, the the whole Harper made a base running mistake thing to me. I don't think he did. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't, actually don't think it was a base running mistake. 
he was doing what most likely would have occurred. Yeah. He he made a decision in the in the spark of a moment to gamble, and at that moment, it was the right gamble. Mm-hmm. the The odds were in his favor, and Harris just made an elite play. And it then, happens, and then the second part of that play that nobody ever talked about, was Riley Austin, yeah, Austin Riley was in perfect. fundamentally perfect shape because the throw got away from the middle infield. Uh-huh. And had Riley not been there, Harper would have gotten back to first. And Instead, he backs him up and throws him out. Yeah, and, and the place explodes. And there would have been a different story to write, but I, whatever. I mean, but at the end of the day, the clubhouse is open. And so if you hear things said in the clubhouse, those things are on the record because you're there. Otherwise, why are you there? Yeah. You're not going in as a fan. It's the... It's the football practice thing. I'm not at football practice as a fan. I'm as there. I'm there as a member of the media. So if if you're going to give me this list of things that I can't report on, well, I'm going to come back with the same thing I always say. Well, then why am I here? Mm-hmm. Well, we're we're wanting to give you context. I don't need context. I need material. Where are you falling on flag football being an Olympic sport? 2028 whatever how, how are we assembling those teams no. who plays well oh, I mean if I'm an NFL team my guys aren't retired not, NFL players I guess would be retired players or just guys that are elite seven on seven we can't guys send Tyreek that, Hill to the Olympics I want to see him play flag football I well, think we would win probably would win if I'm the Chiefs or whoever <laughs> owned the Dolphins, Dolphins. I mean, the answer is no <laughs> an emphatic no <laughs> Hey, so I got this idea. (laughs) Yeah, no. Uh, There is going to be a push for baseball players to play in it, it looks like, major league players. um, That that appears to be coming. How do we do that? I I don't know. Soccer does it. Figure it out. Um, The season pauses for the World Cup. Baseball, softball, flag football, cricket for the first time, which, by the way, is sending tons of money to the Indian economy, like, a number that is hard to fathom. Yeah. Uh, squash beats me. Sure. Sure. Sounds good. I know nothing. Whatever. Whatsoever about it. Uh, and lacrosse. Okay. Yeah. Lacrosse joining the Olympics in 2028. Some people think it's, I don't know this. We'll almost have a lacrosse team by 2040. Women's lacrosse. I don't know. Men's women's mixed. I don't care. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, I would say women's for sure. Really? Okay. Maybe men's. It's a booming sport. 2032 pickleball, yes or no? Yes. Yeah, I think so, yes, too. A lot of courts being converted from tennis to pickleball these days. Just in the neighborhoods in which I run, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people I see out in their driveways playing pickleball? some form of pickleball. Really? Yeah. That's a new thing. It's, a year ago, I saw none of that. Now I see it everywhere. Hand-eye coordination is king. But almost anyone movement-wise can play pickleball. You don't have to be a tennis-level athlete to play pickleball. Yeah. But now, if you have elite hand-eye coordination, you will win at pickleball. It's like I know a guy in town who's a pretty elite pickleball player, like goes around, plays regionally and stuff, and he played some baseball players back in the offseason, and he whipped them pretty good the first time. The second time, he goes, I got about a week. He goes, before they figure it out, and then suddenly... Hey, they 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 have much more athletic ability and hand eye coordination 
they're gonna they're gonna run this place before long. Have you seen that view that they're doing with the baseball playoffs from the basically the catcher? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where you see the ball do it, you're just like oh, I don't know how I don't know how anybody does this. I will never again argue. Why don't you just hit the ball the other way? No, no, it's not that easy. <laughs> nope. No, nope. you just keep your weight back and nope. you do this, and that's that's the way that works. <laughs> the ball okay? has ten inches of break. Remarkable. Um, somebody told me this yesterday. And we got to break it a second. I got a few more things, but of note, uh, I guess we're talking about high schools. Oxford High School currently with an NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball player alum, DK Gray and Jarko Joiner. Oh, yeah. So one in each each professional sport currently. Just need a soccer player. Now we're good. There you go. Look, yeah. <laughs> it's right there. I don't think that's going to happen. So anyway, all right. Podcast brought to you by Johnston Hill Creamery, JohnstonHillCreamery.com. You order right there on the website. You got Vanderbilt, as we mentioned, 630 next week, Texas A&M coming home games. Let them take care of your tailgate packages. They feed 10, 20, or 40, whatever you need. That's the hotty toddy, the lock, the vault, or the lane train, depending on the size of your tailgate. You pick up at Chicory Market. You tell them what game. You tell them what day, Friday or Saturday, you want to pick up. And they will take care of you. Again, everything from the great pepper jellies and feta dips to the uh, specialty trays, artisanal cheese trays, charcuterie, which is my favorite, the uh, sandwiches, cheesecake dip, hummus, and much more. They have desserts, something for kids, something for everybody. Again, that's JohnsonHillCreamery.com. Southern Traditions Farm is a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails, so much offered there. Horseback riding offerings from beginner lessons to advanced to competing in nationally recognized competitions. Also a great uh, venue for uh, corporate outings and that kind of thing. So get in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Would you like some peace of mind knowing that your roof is taken care of? Whether you need an inspection, a new roof, or a maintenance program, Riverland Roofing has you covered. Home or business as a GAF master elite contractor that can offer warranties that last a lifetime. Licensed and insured, Riverland Services, Mississippi, and its surrounding states. So text or call Riverland today at 662-644-4297. And are you ready for the ultimate college experience? Welcome to College Town Oxford, your new home away from home. They know you want the best. That's exactly what they offer. No more long commutes or missing out on campus events at Ole Miss. College Town Oxford is literally next door to the campus. They offer spacious two, three, four, and five-bedroom cottages, each with individual leases because they believe in flexibility and simplicity. Their incredible amenities will help you uh, what make you feel like you're living in a resort, whether it's a weekend binge-watching session or hosting the best game day parties. You'll do it in comfort and style. Cheering on the Rebels with your friends. The community is designed to give you the perfect blend of comfort and convenience. So don't break up the gang. Grab your friends. Pick out your favorite floor plan and reserve it today at collegetownoxford.com. Text their VIP list today. You'll be uh, one of the first to know about their leasing for fall 2024 when that's open. 662-300-3733. Podcast also brought to you by Prime Shrimp. PrimeShrimp.com. Seven different flavors available for you. Everything from the New Orleans style barbecue to the signature. It's garlic. Uh seasoning blend there that's a great versatile option again good for lunches protein during the day snacks dinner especially when you need something quick to take care of the kids fewer than 10 minutes freezer to plate with prime shrimp we're giving you a discount right now five pouches or more with code rg five pouches or more and 25 percent off again that is prime shrimp dot 
com. Somebody says in the stream that uh, Hardman says that Blue Cross Blue Shield said that since 2020, they've seen an increase of 20% injury claims due to pickleball. Knees, I would assume. Ankles, yeah. quick movements back and forth. Yeah. People That's, that aren't flexible trying to be flexible that laterally. Would, that would be my fear with it is like an Achilles or an ACL. I think especially until you get used to it. I've, I've, I've said this on the podcast. The biggest difference, and I've played a good bit of tennis too, is that tennis, the ball comes to you. Pickleball, it doesn't. It's a wiffle ball that bounces, and when it bounces, it bounces straight up. It doesn't bounce at you. So you've got to get over the top of it almost. Well, if you're sitting there and you go, oh, crap, and you kind of lunge, yeah, I could see you definitely knees, ankles, yeah, quick movement before you're accustomed to that. Um. Yes, it, it does not come to you. It's not a top spin shot that is going to shoot at you like tennis. Yeah, I think I will continue just to try to either. Uh, now, tennis people, I'm sure, are very good at it. Cause, yeah, because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would assume that I would Roddick or say where somebody would be hell on a pickleball court. I will continue just to try to move in a forward motion at a steady pace. Not laterally? Not much. That might be one of the things as you – uh, oh, lower back because you've been so low. Okay. Oh. I'll buy that too. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. I had a topic for the last part of the show, and frankly, I didn't write it down, and I don't remember what it was. I mean, we have plenty of stuff. I don't okay. need it, but I'm I'm frustrated because I had something. It was like, oh, this is actually pretty good, and then nothing. Just nothing. Oh, AP College basketball preseason yeah, polls. Is that where you were no, going? No, I had that written down. There was something that happened during the course of the show. I was like, oh, I want to oh. discuss this. And then I got nothing. Uh, I did find Trevor May's thing funny yesterday. So Trevor May officially retired. He was an Oakland A for his last season of Major League Baseball. He a uh, pretty good pitcher. Nine years of Major League Baseball service. And uh, he was talking to his, uh, or sorry, his former Owner yesterday on social media, he uh, said this on social media yesterday, sell the team, dude, sell it, man. Let someone who actually takes pride in the things they own, own something. Take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else, dork. And also, mm. if you're going to be a greedy F, own it. There's nothing weaker than being afraid of cameras. That's one thing I really struggled with this year, not just eviscerating that guy. Do what you're going to do, bro. You're whatever. Trevor May, one day after officially retiring and no longer being in Oakland A. He let it out. Yeah. He's uh, been, that's been pent up for a while, I think, for Mr. May. Yeah. As he was. That would be a difficult team to play for. Oh. Where you, you truly have no chance. You're not even. You're losing. They don't care. They don't care. You're playing in front of no one. You've alienated the fan base because you're moving. And you're going out there every day trying to play Major League Baseball be tough that'd be mentally draining emotionally draining having just no chance are you enjoying the rangers yeah do you care about the rangers no okay no i can honestly say that i watch the alcs and the nlcs with no variations in pulse i like some of the astros players i haven't really really liked the astros that's fair. So it's a we it, it like it's a weird thing. I think, uh, and I find, and this is not a shot. I mean, I know our message board's full of them. I appreciate all of you because of all the cheating allegations and realness to the cheating allegations. Because look, I get this from the bounty thing from the Saints a little bit. I understand it. Astro fans have gotten hypersensitive 
which has created a lot of because look, it's a great baseball franchise. They're awesome. They also cheated. So it's like yeah. it's a weird but I feel like the fan base has gotten so sensitive based off of it that it's just kind of a hard, weird dynamic. If anything, I have a little bit of a soft spot for Bruce Bochy. Uh back when I was in Mobile, I was the San Diego Padres double A affiliate was in uh Mobile oh. and they had uh, Bay Bears. Yeah, the Bay Bears. And they had a bunch of their pitchers that were coming up and starting to pitch for the Padres. And so they sent me to Atlanta to do a big Jake Peavy thing and some oh, other guys. Right. And and I was in the Padres clubhouse and it was one of my first times in a major league baseball clubhouse. And so I was a little intimidated, kind of didn't really know what the rules were and stuff. And uh, I asked if I could talk to Bochi to the media relations person. And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. And so I'm sitting in Bochi's office in the Atlanta, in Atlanta, Turner fields visiting deal. And, he couldn't have been more generous and gracious with his time, and my questions were probably really stupid. But he was great. So ever since then, I've kind of always just sort of appreciated the fact that he took a little time out for a cub reporter. I mean, it's two of your favorite managers going head-to-head. Dusty Baker, Bruce Bochy. I mean, it's, it's, it's compelling stuff. What are you talking about? Yeah, I, I probably catch myself cheering for Texas. I Three-time World Series champion, Bruce Bochy. I know. He's legit now. Everywhere he goes, they win. He's all And in fairness, Dusty's teams win, too. They do. They struggle with pitching late, but they win. (laughs) They do. (laughs) There's some issues, but... uh, Speaking of pitching, I posted this, and I'm not doing it all week, just a couple. We'll move to football later today and in the morning. Uh, had a baseball story up where Ole Miss using TrackMan to try to have a better strike zone during the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, they honestly sucked last year at uh, walking offensively and not walking people on the mound. And the strike zone has changed so much in college baseball because they're getting real-life data, and the umpires aren't as good. So they're actually having a harder strike zone than the pros because they are tightening up too much and they don't know the high strike, and it's created a really weird dynamic. The stat that amazed me until I thought about it was we always talk about strike percentage, and what we mean by that is just strikes and balls on the counter in a very rudimentary way. Well, a strike on this report is any ball that's swung at. If it's hit, whatever, no matter where it is, it's a strike, obviously, if that's the case. Well... That doesn't mean the ball was in the zone. In the SEC last year, the average game, or the average team, whatever you want to say, 42% of the balls thrown in the zone last year. 42. Now, around 60% were strikes on the book, but only about 42%. Ole Miss, several ticks below that. They were in the high 30s last year on their number. And they are overruling the umpires, essentially, in fall, going, nope, it only counts if it is in the zone. We know this is probably a little tighter than it will be in the spring. And then on the other side, the hitters are wearing some sort of pitch recognition that allows them to automatically know if it was a strike or a ball in real time that they swung at or didn't strike out to see the zone. That's interesting. So, I mean, the quote from Laugh was basically, we are not swinging outside the box and we are throwing the ball in the box. He references Texas A&M that they don't swing shit. Essentially, they walk all the time. And mm-hmm. despite barely having a top half of the conference, average slugging, anything like that, they scored the second most runs in the league behind LSU last year. And it's because they walk all the damn time. It was the most interesting part of last year's college baseball season was watching everyone try to acclimate to having an actual strike zone. Because before that, it was 
really at the discretion of the umpires, and the umpires are just so bad on the whole. There, there are good ones, but for the most part, you didn't know what the strike zone was from day to day. If you watch Major League Baseball, they, the umpires are really good behind the plate. They, mm-hmm. They're really good. And so I think Major League teams have a really strong idea about what the strike zone is. You're always going to have complaints, right? It's never going to be perfect, but they don't miss many. The college game, I mean, sometimes you would see six inches, two balls off the plate was a strike. And then suddenly in the fourth inning, it wasn't anymore. What they're also hoping is that newcomers adjust quicker because, frankly, they've been in these summer leagues where the strike zones are huge and they're trying to get the games over with. I mean, you yep. go to a perfect game game, it's, it's a, it's a huge zone. zones. Big zone. Yeah, they're just we, we got to get this game over in two hours, guys. Seven innings, let's go. And what you're seeing is the ability to go, okay, no, that's not a strike. Because, I mean, Mike has admitted, I'd get done with a game and think, oh, God, that umpire sucked. And you go pull the report and go, he only missed two calls. Mm-hmm. What I think is a strike is no longer a strike, and they're trying to figure it out. Well, because it used to be this big zone, mm-hmm. and now they're calling a, a box. Yeah. And they're they're judged on how they do, you know, with the box as the parameters. Because the weirdest – so, of course, uh, they tighten their zone, and college pitchers are not as accurate, no, and so you, you get frustration. The, the weirdest stat was that Ole Miss was – 11th in the SEC in walks last year offensively. They didn't walk at all. They didn't walk enough. That was their biggest issue. Yeah. They had the least amount of strikeouts. Oh. Meaning they put the ball in play, but they put the ball in play weekly and rolled over it and swung it too much and swung too early in the count. Chased pitches that were barely out of the zone yes. and hit ground balls and weak pop flies. And, yes. Yeah. They were too aggressive. Mm-hmm. Just swinging. And they didn't strike out, but they didn't get deep into counts. They didn't work pitchers. They didn't walk. They didn't use the the rule change the way it's built to be changed now. Yeah. And saying all that, add about 12 minutes to the games next year because everybody taking pitches. Yeah. Make that freshman throw strikes. He only does it 40% of the time, so by God, make him do it. If he's going to walk everybody, let him walk everybody. Mm-hmm. And understand that, that you, you might get called out on a 2-2 fastball that's just off the plate. But you're doing the right thing by taking the pitch. Yeah. Process. Because if you swing at it, you're probably not making solid contact. You're going to hit a ground ball to the second baseman. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, look, it, it's adjustments. I mean, Lafferty's quote to you about he stood on the field and said, This is all my fault. Well, it wasn't all his fault, but I, I got what he was saying. And so you have to go fix it. That's That's part of. It's a lot of adjustments. The team sucked. You put the team together, hence. Yeah. Again, way more complicated. It's, yeah, it's far more complicated <laughs> than that. But but yeah, so you have to adjust to the adjustments. And I think we're getting to that place with – we're certainly there with football. I think we're definitely there with basketball. And I'm, I'm going to guess that we're getting closer to that with baseball where year-over-year results are going to be difficult to predict because there's so much change. And then you wrote this in 10 Thoughts. You just simply did not give any double transfer eligibility, correct, with their correct. With preseason prognostications? Yes, I was one of the voters. I guess it'll come out this week because SEC Basketball Media Day is Wednesday, days are Wednesday and Thursday. Um, I don't know how to do it, right? Because if you're, if you're 
if you're doing Ole Miss, if you're saying how I'm projecting Ole Miss, well, Ole Miss with the two guys eligible is a completely different thing than Ole Miss without the two guys. I mean, a monumental, right? Difference. I mean, I mean, duh, I get it, but. So I just, from my voting, I assume that they would be ineligible because yeah. that appears to be where the momentum is is headed. And then if they become eligible, then it's a different thing. Yeah, it's okay. like I, with Tulu Smith. I have stayed at tenth, and obviously, if Smith is healthy, they're better right. than tenth. But if they don't have Smith, and the odds are they won't until like February at the earliest, well, they're not as good. Yeah, sure. obviously. All right, we'll catch up a little more NFL tomorrow. Talk a lot of Hugh Freeze tomorrow. Neil's very excited. He gave me a big outline, a rundown this morning of things. We want to make yes. sure we talk about tomorrow and hit over the course of that. So uh, all those things. Um, I guess we could save that for Jeffrey on Thursday. He'd have no thoughts. Oh, God. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> no. 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 So anyway, all right, more Ole Miss Auburn and uh, NFL tomorrow. Rebelgrove.com Rebel in the meantime, and we'll talk to you then. Have a good day. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.